0: Have a special guest on. We have my guy Luke G from Luke G's Field Review, part of the DSA Detroit Sports Alliance. Luke G, how's it going, man? Hey, hey, I'm, I'm ready. You know, when you, you say football, I
1: can't run.
0: For sure, I for can't sure.
1: Run. Like, like
0: for, me. for sure, for sure. My guy Luke G says he eats, breathes, and basically lives football. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so you're a Lions fan, so. Let's talk about Matt Patricia. So we know Matt Patricia is going into a critical year this year and 2020, right? So with the ongoing pandemic, let's say the Detroit Lions hit the fan again, right? Now, if the ongoing pandemic, and we don't know how long the NFL season is going to be, how do you think this affects Matt Patricia? Do you think he could end up getting another year if Detroit folds? Or do you think they could end up moving on?
1: Yeah, so I, I, I think I would be shocked at this point. I think I think he out of magic just another year, just because of this like, this, this pandemic. Um, the Lions uh have not shown uh, the gut to, to just go ahead and and move on from the coach like this in recent times. But I understand they want to give him a third year. But I think just because of all the things that this pandemic has thrown out of whack. Season, they want to get him another year. So I think I think he stays here,
2: to he has
0: here, But if this early trouble early young, then I think they'll they'll look start looking late. So when we're looking at the Detroit Lions, right? You look at a team that last year battled injuries down the stretch. You guys will really improve going into the off season. A lot of you guys felt you guys should end up going ten wins or even more. I had you guys going 8 and 8. So going into this year with the Green Bay Packers really Really the same team as they were last year. The Minnesota Vikings pretty much in the same department. Basically the division is basically in the same state it was last year. No teams really took a step back and no teams really took a giant leap instead. Maybe you want to say the Chicago Bears because anybody's upgrade over Mr. Bisky, but I mean, how do you feel about the Detroit Lions going into this season? And do you think Matt Patricia can get this team to a divisional title or potentially a playoff berth?
1: For me, it's not no teacher that I'm not a fan of that teacher. um I'm seen enough to know that he was burning on the job and tried to play in the cooking ground for a or head coach. Um, so, if I see him doing the same season, no. Just looking at home alone this year, without knowing when they play, it don't look too good. And then, to me, um, but with Matt Patricia. you know, I just feel like, i am put this way. I disagree with you that the division is Because it's not ever a year for you to win the division. It has to be a year. The Vikings are not the same. They've lost a lot of pieces from their defense with Zach Staff for, like, what, eight or ten times? Um, So, no Everton Griffin, no Lin-Wall Joseph, um, and no Trey Wayne, no Xavier Rose. They're, they're coming in with a lot of fresh fresh uh faces and stuff. And how your rookie quarterback and Cameron Hansford. Um so you should be able to take advantage of that. Um but I go into the Bears. I mean, yeah, obviously they 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 moved up from Nickel 50, but they still was in the dog fight with And if we were able to run the ball and get pressure on the quarterback, they don't need it.
0: to cut you off, but but thank you, who i I've been telling Detroit Lions fans this for, like, what? Two straight seasons. I've been preaching it. Lions fans have coming at me saying he needs more time. He needs more time. Let me tell you something. If you're an offensive-minded coach, what should not be the worst part of your team? The offense. If you're a defensive-minded coach, the defense should not be that bad. I don't care how many injuries you have. If Philadelphia can go to the playoffs with what? Backup wide receivers, back up what? The year before they went to possible, basically guys off the street playing cornerback. So I mean, I mean, if you can coach, you can freaking coach, Lou D. So thank you for agreeing with me on that. Because I take myself further. Though. Take it
1: further when I, when, you know, I, I do love the Lions, and so my Lions fans to come come at me, I'm like, y'all want to keep coming out angry please, angry. But I mean, what quarterback was the sixth first though Yep. They, they have their top of the year up there. They have no elite court, no elite, tight ends to stuff or offense. They need to have games because of the They still win 8-8. That's coaching. Yep. Yeah. We all coaching. Uhm, you know, we talk about, we talk about the, the, overreaction and underreaction. I mean, look, Tom Brady is no longer a baby. bassist. I want to tell you who they drafted that quarterback. Ain't no panic in them. They coached. So to me, when I look at this team and I'm like, okay, Kyle Will's an offensive person. Did our offense really stuck under Kyle Will? you No. Know, it didn't really stuck under Kyle Will himself. It stuck under his loyalty to court base. That's what's So, yes, that's where it messed up at. But when I look at a player, uh, I say to myself, if you're a receiver, you should do one thing and one thing off. Catch a damn ball. You are a quarterback. You should be able to coach a ball. So when I see a coach, and you are a coach, you should be able to coach a game. And if the one side as a head coach, you got a whole different set of fools. If your defense is dead last in every category, and you're a defensive-minded head coach, it's you a problem. Know? Yeah. Huh
0: you see i agree man i agree so i mean basically me and you are on the same page because me personally i want to bring you in because i want to see what your thoughts was because initially i've made like three videos luke g that i've never uploaded about why i felt matt patricia wasn't a coach i recorded them all facts and everything but i never really uploaded them right because i wanted to get a perspective from a detroit lions fan and basically me and you agree on the same thing right so the question is this year what what would give me one reason why Detroit Lions fans, including yourself, should believe in Matt Patricia? One one reason.
1: To, to me, to me, if I had if I had to be honest and look at one reason why he, he acknowledged his flaws as a as a head coach and and blew up that defense. Um, he, he you know Deshaun Robinson's come over with us. Jackson's not with us. Uh, not with us every uh, is not with us, and the list goes on and on and on on players who's not with us. Um, now, to me, when you do something like that, that's cool. Uh He also went out and added Danny Collins. He brought it in a little Reggie Ragland. Um, But I still think that our defense in, in some areas is incomplete. But to sit there and say, hey, I don't like to be in on defense. I'm going to blow it up. Okay, cool. He blew it up. Our entire secondary is maybe different, um, because you don't have Rashad Melvin anymore. We still got Justin Coleman, and we still got Tracy Walker, but the entire secondary has been destroyed. So I give him props for that. I give him props for, uh, finally allowing, I mean, even though they say he walked away, I think that was chief way of doing it, but I give him props for making, you know, telling that, that, that he was the coordinator in this tour here, that this ain't gonna work, bro, you gotta go. So I give him props for that the problem stopped that for me is, I don't think it's enough for us to give him that type of faith. I, I just don't. To me, what made me excited about our general manager Bob Quinn was he said '97 wasn't good enough.' Mm-hmm. Now he fired Jim Caldwell, but when
0: '97, right, that
1: season, he five and, two, and, and three, and three of his, the two of his uh, 40 forty-year periods. and Okay, 97 wasn't good at For me, that was like an open invitation to we have a new standard. Mm-hmm. And when all of a sudden that transition goes 9-22 or 9 and one now that standard is gone. Mm-hmm. And so to me, when Matt Patricia, I just look at it and I say, look, you know, if I got to give a fast one thing, look, at least he's right. like, hey,
0: So, Luigi, let's segue to this, right? Before we dive into what to expect from the Detroit Lions, I want, to, I want you to tell us what your expectations is for newly acquired rookie cornerback Jeff Okuda, who you guys took in the first round with the third overall selection of this year's NFL draft. And how big of a role do you think he will have in the defense? And what impact do you think he will have in the defense? And how good would he be this season in his rookie
1: year? For me, the, the pitch is this. Okay, so this whole draft I've told the, the subscribers and I told people that there was nothing in mind to do with this draft that would upset me because all I kept hearing is that the pitcher doesn't have this guy. When I when I go through and look at it from a, a football scheme, just a, a football point, one of the last corner who changed the dynamic of the team. Darrell Reeves was just shut down like, he didn't shut down half the field. He shut the receiver down. Like, completely took him out of the game. And that didn't really change the point of those Jets Because he started adding pass rushers and stuff mm-hmm. like that to get home. You go to Deion Sanders. He played on the Atlanta Celtics. He played on the 49ers. And he played on Dallas. And he had his fair, his fair, his fair moment of success.
0: The confidence pressure from FS. Well, well, I, I'll yeah. say this. I'll say this about Jeff Okuda. One thing, well, a couple of things I like about Jeff Okuda that really stood out to me is that he tackles, which is something that you don't get out of CJ Henderson. I mean, see, see, it was G. when I was researching about CJ Henderson. You know this? They said, they said CJ Henderson literally chooses when he wants to
1: tackle. It. I mean, it's, it's a reality. It is. It's a reality. And, and to me, I'm in a video saying that Jeff Okul wasn't worth the top 10 uh, pitch. I think that's know he was in good
0: country. I, I saw I, that. I saw I, that.
1: I think he's a, a very good player. A very good player. But, I, I, a quarterback third of on the to me, don't help the call. It, it doesn't. Because of the team he's getting ready to go in. Like, like, if you just look at the team, one and a two receivers? You gonna get the Buccaneers? Who he's gonna shut down? You think he's shut down Mike Hampson? Mm. You think
0: he's shutting down Chris Chris Goodman? I mean it could. I mean, if he if he's as good as he's expected to be, I think he could because here's here's the reason why I like the Jeff Okuda pick. So Matt Patricia comes from the Bill Bilitch coaching tree, right? What is the only position in football? Do you see Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots spend the most money on and free agency? That's a secondary. Bill Belichick knows how important it is to have a great secondary because you saw how good the New England Patriots secondary was and you saw what it did for his defense. So I'm looking at it, Matt Patricia that, okay, you bring in Desmond Trufant and you bring on Jeff Okuda. So what's to say Jeff Okuda will be assigned to cover the number one guy? What if Desmond Trufant has that task, Lou G.,
1: Okay, okay, so let's, let's, let's say I think the devil's advocate. I come down this road with you, right? I'm coming down the road with you. The first thing I want you to remember what you said was, he, he spent the most money on, on DV and free agency Not grasping them in the first round. Okay? He, he, he has learned through the student history that, that you don't, you don't do that. Now, let's just say, let's, let's get to the next part of the question. Do you say, We'll say that he has to be on the number one receiver okay that's fair enough the we'll fact that he's the third overall pick mm. if he's not if he's not
0: covering the number one receiver what it? do you you i mean you got a point there but i mean i feel the reason why the State probably never got a chance to draft a quarterback that high is probably because the patriots never really get a chance to well they never have great players fall in their lap and i feel like jeff Okuda. when you look at his film the thing that makes me be confident in Jeff Okuda is his technique. His technique never changes. He's fundamentally sound. He doesn't get rattled. And then against Clemson, again, he went against T. Higgins. T. Higgins should have been a first round pick, and T. Higgins was Clemson's all time leader in a touchdown. So, I mean, I get what you're saying about T. Higgins, but I. I Okuda? He, no if you, you look at these just for that game, he won
1: the route. He just dropped. It had nothing to do with Okuda.
0: He just dropped it. Over and over and over. Had nothing to do with Okuda. I mean, hey, I, uh, a couple of players, I saw Okuda swat some passes down. Man. So, I mean, wait, wait. so you're trying to say Okuda. T. Higgins destroyed Okuda? I'm saying that, yes. I'm saying Higgins
1: destroyed Okuda. I, I remember I had this debate uh, when, uh What's the guy that came out of North Carolina? Oh, Jesus. He was in DeAndre Baker. was covering him. I'm trying to think of his name. DeAndre Baker was covering. I think he was Oklahoma, Not Hollywood. Oh, yeah, It's going to kill me.
0: Come Jerry Judy?
1: definitely was.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, all right. All right. So, so I had a subscriber who hit me up, and he said, hey,
1: Yo, look at DeAndre Baker, man. He shut down people. I was like, okay. So I watched the people. but I watched it over and over and over. And I'm like, bro, he he didn't shut down people. And look, people only got 50 yards, missing catch. I said, his quarterback was missing him, left to right, up and down. I said, I'm telling you, he was telling DeAndre Baker. And he's like, you watch your mind. When Devo's standing in the league and I still do the same thing, ain't nothing changed. The same thing that I saw that made him become Devo, I saw him do in the time. When I went through and I looked at that cruiser game, I, and I still study, I showed you where I, I'm like, look, he was grabbing and pulling. It wasn't on the play. And then everything was right. When they ran inside routes or come and come back, they killed him. The touchdown that he gave up in the corner, the receiver just basically just ran up there, ran and, and, and go to the curve up, right? boom, went back inside, and he, he couldn't do nothing. So I'm not saying he's a bad player, I'm saying he's gonna go to some growing point. Hey, he's gonna have some games and do like, yeah, he's going out, yeah. But it doesn't change your defense. And even if he don't go against the number one corner, man, he's got guy go with that same route, we still gotta play the card. Mm. So if he's not covering DeAndre Hopkins, He, he's he's he, you know, he's, he's gonna be probably on either Christian Jones, I'm not Christian Jones, uh, Kurt Christian, or, Hakeem Butler, or, Andy Isabella, or, Mary Fitzgerald, or, and he's going to keep going. He's gonna keep going with the war. I say we ain't gotta worry about that. You're gonna get the Vikings, you're gonna play Adam Thielen, and, and, and Jets. So at the very least, he may do Jets. Well, I'm, I'm, that'll be the best company he
0: played in. College. Yeah, I mean, I mean the out this segment. I mean, I understand your points because DeAndre Baker he did really struggle last season, but I still feel like Deon- I had my concerns about DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Baker didn't really stand that didn't really stand out to me because DeAndre Baker to be honest, like I would have liked to see what DeAndre Baker would have did against the wide receivers that Alabama have this year. You get what I'm saying? But, I mean, because close out this topic, I'm not going to say I agree with you, but I'm not going to disagree with you neither because I understand your concerns and I and you make valid reasons. But I still feel when I look at Jeffrey Okuda, I look at a guy who has great footwork. I look at a guy that has great technique. And I'm looking at a guy in with Jeffrey Okuda and the Detroit Lions system, I think he should be able to force because he fits well into the Matt Patricia scheme. And if we're being honest, I think the best place for Jeff Okuda, in my opinion, was probably the Detroit Lions. Because, listen, Matt Patricia needs a shutdown corner, or he needs a corner who can at least be better than what the cornerback play has been the last couple of years in Detroit. So, I mean, I'm not going to say I agree with you, but I'm not going to say I disagree with you. So, we got Jeff Okuda out of the way. So, I want to talk about the defensive side of football and the offense side of football. So we know how good the offense was for Detroit last season. The pretty much was one of the best offenses in the NFL when Matthew Stafford was playing fully healthy. And Matthew Stafford, a lot of people don't want to give him credit. I made a video about it, but Matthew Stafford was an MVP candidate, believe it or not. And then we saw this great offense putting up a lot of points and the defense was surrendering a lot of points. So going into this year, you can choose which one you want to cover first. How good do you think the offense will be? What improvements have you guys made on the offense side of football? And then tell me what improvements you guys made on the defense side of football and how good do you feel the defense will be? So you can choose which one you want to dive into first. It's up to you. Okay. On the offense side of the ball, they, they definitely improve
1: the offense line. Um, just, by, just by player availability. Um, you know, so... When going out to get um, Donald Jackson, good pick. We need a guard. We need a guard big. Um, they added Big Big B. Um, I would prefer him to play guard over Jackson. But, hey, he can't be no worse than Rick Wagner. At least that's what my prayer is. But the thing that's going to be the biggest upgrade is we now were having two-headed muscles at the running back. Kerrion decides that he's healthy. Now you got to contend with Terry on and DeAndre Clifford. And if Kerryon is hurt, well don't worry about it. Because as long as Swift is still healthy, you still have to compare with him again. Who you work for the win, rather than be Unleashed, Kai Johnson, or Bow, Bumble, whoever that is, you still gotta to, to contend with that. So the the emphasis on trying to run the ball forward this year, perfect. That's the biggest improvement right like there. If you, you wanna definitely get a uh, healthy staffer that you want to get back to a healthy tight end. But the biggest thing is if they're making an, an assertive effort to run the ball. Uh, the guard they picked up are run blockers. Okay. The, uh, uh, uh Sternberger. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I liked him. I liked him. Kentucky, yeah. Um, One of the best run blockers. Run Yeah. Okay.
1: He's a little work at the pass block. But, they definitely improved on that side of the ball. And I expect that offense to keep picking it
0: up. I know it's going to be late when we got zero
1: count. Mm-hmm. I mean I I just went back to the history and just thought about it. i was like, man, he had Brad
2: Farber with like, him You know, in, in, in
1: Minnesota. And I remember when they added AMP, it was even work. He was like, Well, pick your foot. So um especially what we improved that. in all honesty, uh I I, I don't see much mm. in my thing on the on the defense because you, if you go through the defensive line, we had three problems last year, so that's good. he he you got, you got more time in the system, so great. He swapped snacks out, brought in Danny Kelvin. I don't think that's really an upgrade. I just don't. Uh, yeah, you pray to God that you find of him and come back healthy, but if you don't, okay, cool. Because Julian Horne, he's a guy that everybody was hyped about, but when I look at him, he might be the Somebody, mm-hmm. even like able to do everything from the to the moon and jump out of the gym and it's just not going to it's just going to take some getting used to it. Now the question is, are they going to put them in the junior spot? If they do that, he's taking his brother's spot. So, okay. But if you put him up in the, in the two-point stand and have him rush from the end, okay, cool. I take that too. In the linebacker area, I mean, he brought in Jenny Collins. I know everybody want to get that kick hyped up, but Jenny Collins went over to the Browns and it wasn't pretty. Oh yeah. Oh, uh huh. Mhm. And he and he went back to New England and it was beautiful. Mhm. Yep. So I'm I'm a little concerned with that. Reggie Ragland had south around from Kansas City, um, and you know ran on a team with Kansas City, and they still was like, yeah, we do that.
0: Well, to be honest, well, well, I'll I'll defend it with Kansas City because Kansas City, when it came to the halfback, well, when it came to linebackers last offseason, I mean they went they went ham at the linebacker position. So I mean it's a it's also a couple of other guys that I also didn't get to play last year that I was really high on from Kansas City. I mean their linebacker core was stacked, man. I mean that four three they ran last year was nasty. No, listen, I, listen, I get all that, but I'm just saying Reggie
1: Ragland doesn't move need the needle for You know what I'm saying, like. Like, cause, cause now I'm looking at the division. Our division is geared up and in tight end. Who's covering those guys? Oh, Any Okay. What do you mean you better get home with the rest of the D-line? And I think they still need to work on the D-line. Um, you still got Jolietta Suvide. You still got, uh, Jared Davis. Move. But you still got Christian Jones on the team too. So whatever. Uh, you wanna go to the secondary. I don't think Jackson's gonna upgrade on Jerry play. Hmm. Yeah,
0: I I, I agree though they're about around the same department. I mean he's younger. Yeah, but I am not looking at age. I'm looking at technique. If he's gonna
1: be able to at the very least keep up
0: with the components and,
1: and,
0: and cause him some, some traffic. I mean last year last year Atlanta secondary was not really that good. And I mean if we only had one person to really take out of there that really had the best performance was probably that desmond true fun. I mean, he wasn't getting the story about Michael Thomas, so I mean, that has to tell you something. Look, I'm with all that, but I'm just going through.
1: And I'm saying you can break down each part of it. You start to ask questions, like, okay, not you can go
0: down the line. he didn't have Justin Coleman, he up and down. But okay. here, I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but last year, I tried. I tried to tell you guys last year, Justin Coleman was not gonna be a good fit if you guys move into the outside because he was a slot corner in Seattle. He was one of the best slot cornerbacks in the NFL before he went to Detroit. And I kept on telling Lions fans, I was like, he'll be solid in the slot. But one thing about slot guys is slot guys they get paid to go to new teams. They get paid all this money because teams think they can move into the outside and they really struggle. But, but he wasn't our outside
1: corner. Rashad was our outside corner and when they did play him outside it was because, you know, we had an injury and they busted him that But again, it was still up and down. Even when he was in the slot, it was still up and down. He made play, but it was an up and down thing. At the safety position, we went from Kwame uh, Big to Tavon Wilson. Like, Tavon Wilson. And then after, after they got rid of Tavon Wilson, they did break in Kurt from Minnesota. Uh, they did trade for uh Harvest. But I'm just like, there's nothing about my defense that I feel like scary. Anymore. Like, there's nothing. That like like when you go through and you look at things like the Pittsburgh Steelers, you can name players it's like you gotta watch. mm mm-hmm. Like we 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 have players that just, like you feel like, hey, the next minute calls you feel like I, I I don't have a problem with that. And to me, you know, we we were we were we were in the league, one of the few teams did more than three feet. I'm trying to put it like once now, but that's definitely going to require a linebacker to come tight. end. So, I don't really see a lot of big improvements like I would expect. Like I just don't. Um, and I hope they're not done in for me. So, for me, offensively, I guess, and for me, I feel like it's all that Hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. So, everybody, this is my guy, Lou G, from the DSA. Before we let you go, Lou G, first I want to say thank you for coming on, providing some excellent insight for the Detroit Lions. And before we let you get off, let the people know where they can find you at and what is the DSA all about. Hey, listen, hey, I'm hey, you having me on. I, I think you're out here
1: calling me working, putting in this work. Uh, hey, I, I, only, I only talk to people who know football, but... Listen, DSA is called the Detroit Sports Alliance. And what it is, is, it's basically a group of, of YouTubers and anybody for that matter who just want to talk to Detroit sports. We don't get our fair space in the media as leaders, and the mainstream media don't even want to give us um, credit. So that's what it is. And then my channel called, I do all Detroit Lions talk. Uh, I do film studies, uh, interview breakdowns. Um, and I, I, I put a lot of work in. We have a great block of people. um, you know, that talk basketball. Uh, you can check it on my channel. You see everybody's link. We got a website. Uh, DetroitSportsAlliance.com. Uh, you catch me on Twitter at BillGene. Um, and so, you know, and also on my show, you know, if you're a subscriber or you're, you know, you're the listener, you're like, hey, I would love to be on there and talk again. On Luke G, the DSA platform, you are invited to do so. We make sure we get you on and you're a part of the conversation. Um and so that's the biggest thing too. Just make sure you're a part of the conversation. So but when it goes down, it goes down and you are
0: for Okay. Well everybody, make sure to go ahead and check out the DSA and G and Lu D, thank you for coming on, man. And take care, man. I appreciate
1: it, appreciate it.
0: Hi, NMD TV. NMD TV, how's it going on, man? So, in this video, us being Miami Hurricane fans, I want to talk about why the Miami Hurricanes are the biggest boom-a-bust team going into this upcoming college football season. So, you know the Hurricanes pick up Derrick King in the transfer portal, get Rick Lashley, the takeover at the offensive coordinator position over Dan Eno. So, I mean... Is it fair to call the Miami Hurricanes a boom-a-bust team this year? Because, look, as Hurricane fans, we've seen this team have some great seasons like 2017 with Mark Rick, and then we see this team really hit the fan like last year getting blowed out by Louisiana Tech. So, I mean, is it fair to call the Miami Hurricanes the biggest boom-a-bust team in college football?
2: I don't know if you want to call it a boom or bust, but I think to the fan base, when we read what the fan base is thinking, I think it has to be either you win the conference, you either win 10 games, or nothing else is acceptable. Because when you look at what they did, you brought up, you mentioned a lot. They bring in Rhett Lashley for the offense, they bring in Gary Justice for the offensive line. You bring in De'Aaron King, a quarterback that scored about 60 touchdowns, uh, scored 60 touchdowns in a season a couple seasons ago, a dynamic quarterback. Bring in Quincy Roche, who was the AAC Defensive Player of the Year, double-digit sack. Gregory Rousseau, who's uh, projected to be a top ten draft pick in the mock drafts that are out. Mm-hmm. You have all that on a on a team that's going to be facing not great competition. You look at their schedule; they're playing Temple, they're playing Michigan State. So I don't know if it's boom or bust, but I can tell you right now that if Miami doesn't win about ten games. The fan base um, won't be happy at all because you look at the roster, you look at how everything's set up, and Miami should win um, a lot of games next year.
0: So ten, so ten, so ten games off the bat. Those, so those. That's the expectations that you have for the Hurricanes this year, right?
2: Yes, I would say so, and I know a lot of people are going to go crazy and say, "Well, Miami Hurricanes fans," they say this every year, and, and mm-hmm. I agree with you. I do think. Um, You know, I I love the Miami Hurricanes, but I also look at them fairly, and I judge them fairly. And I wouldn't be saying this if we had a tough uh, non-conference schedule. You look at this schedule, and it's literally cupcake. You look at the players added to this team. You look at how games were lost last year. You know, games were lost because of an extra point here, an extra point there. A lot of people want to look at it as it was just a horrible season from start to finish, and it was. But when you really look into the games and you see that, you know, the Virginia Tech game, we missed the extra point, and that takes everybody out. You look at the Florida game, uh, a drop catch by Jeff Thomas, and then um, also a mixed extra punt point. Um, we were in those games, and now if you tell me that you add a dynamic player like uh, De'Aaron King, and then you add Quincy Roche, and not to mention uh, the recruiting class, I think that's not unreasonable to think that Miami's going to take a step forward next year. And if we don't, that's when problems would occur.
0: And the quarterback play over the last couple of years, ever since Barrett Kaya left, hasn't really been all that great. Like, even when Miami won 10 games with Malik Rosier, I mean, it wasn't pretty. It was basically the defense, and Malik Rosier was able to hit some big throws down the stretch. But this is probably the best quarterback Miami has had. In a while, I, would you would it be fair to say that De'Aaron King is probably the best quarterback Miami has had in the last decade? Or do you think Brad Kai could, you know, maybe be a little bit better than De'Aaron King?
2: Well, I don't want to take anything from Brad Collier because what I want to say about Brad Kai is he did it on the field. He put up those big numbers. He was a good quarterback at Miami. De'Aaron King has a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen at Miami but my motto for this season is I got to see it to believe. Mm-hmm. When you look at when, when you look at it on paper, it looks good. It looks nice. But honestly, you can make anything look good on paper. Yeah. And I think when you look at Garrett King's film, he is a dynamic player. I keep saying it. He can run it. He can throw it. He is going to make every defensive coordinator say, okay, we have to shut this guy down. Also with Brett Lashley's offense. But, it's easier said than done. So we've got to see it done. And I, and I'm not, I don't want to crowd De'Aaron King until he puts on that Miami Hurricanes jersey and he gets it done.
0: Yeah, man. So for those of you guys, make sure that you guys check out my guy, NMDTV. TV. Um, He uploads college football videos, NFL videos, all kinds of sports content. So, I mean, going into this season, Mandy Dez is going into year two. Now, over the last couple of spans of Miami Hurricanes coaches, we've seen coaches start out slow, but coaches always take that big, giant leap year in their second year. And this is going back to Al Golding. This is going back to Mark Rick. Every Miami Hurricanes coach that we've had over the last couple of seasons has always taken a giant step year two. So going into year two for Manny Diaz, I mean, what, what, what makes Manny Diaz a better coach this year than what he was last season?
2: Well, what I'm hoping is experience. I think last year was tough. It was horrible. But I'm hoping that Manny Diaz learned from what happened last year. And now, you know, he he was, a, he was a rookie head coach. And now he has a year underneath his belt, and now he can get things down. Now, another thing I think that will help him is we hired Gary Justice, who used to be our offensive coordinator. We hired Rob Likens from Arizona State. Who used to be an offensive coordinator and then we brought in Rhett Lashley who was the offensive coordinator for SMU. SMU last year had one of the best offenses putting up over 40 points a game did great things at SMU they ain't seen nothing like that at SMU um, until Rhett Lashley got there so you got you brought three offensive coordinators that you have them on the staff now I think Manny Diaz can talk to those guys and they can bounce ideas off of them. And also, Ed Reed is going to be on staff as the chief of staff. So I look at you bringing in three brilliant minds. I look at you bringing in the Hall of Famer, and I'm hoping that by you bringing in those guys, that experience, many that can many ideas can learn from his own mistakes, but also bounce off ideas, ideas off the guys that we hired, and of course the Hall of Famer, Ed Reed. Now, Again, because I really want to put this through every Miami Hurricanes fan's mind, and I want this to be said. Everything I just said, it looks good on paper, but we got to see, will the coaching staff gel? Will the players respond to the coaching staff? We got to see it done. So everything that's good on paper right now, when the ball kicks off and bullets start to fly, as they say, will everything run smoothly? And I think to answer your question, I think you look at the experience, you look at the people that he brings in around him. I think that's what we can expect. That's why we can expect many to improve next year.
0: So one of my last closing questions is, so we know last year the officer line was a big reason why the Miami Hurricanes kind of disappointed everybody last year. I mean, the officer line wasn't really all that great. So what are some what are some major improvements to the offensive line? Like, are there some big position bouts that's going to be going on? Are there some impact players that Miami has brought in? What what What's going to make the offensive line better compared to what it was last season? Because I don't think the offensive line should be at least as bad as what it was last season, because last season was absolutely terrible.
2: So the first thing is you bring in Rhett Lashley, okay? So Rhett Lashley's offense is meant to get the ball out fast. So if, if you have... Uh, offense that's going to get the ball out quickly instead of five and six step drops instead of long delay play actions and things like that then your offensive line is going to like that a lot more secondly you bring in DeEric king last year our quarterbacks were sitting ducks. that's just the bottom line they got feasted on DeEric king if you dare just rush him mm-hmm. he's going to have the ability to juke you and take it to the house there's a play Um, I tried to remember what game it was, but it's flipping my mind right now. But I'm watching this film, and they bring a safety blitz up the middle, and the safety has a a beeline for De'Aaron King. De'Aaron King jukes him and takes it to the house. So uh, they're going to have to spy De'Aaron King. So when you have to take a defender to spy De'Aaron King, that keeps you from blitzing as much, which will help the offensive line. Now, as for position battles, we still got to find a solid five. Um, newcomers, you're looking at Dalen Rivers, who could come in and I think possibly compete. You're looking at us starting two freshman tackles last year that's going to have another year underneath their belt. So that's why I think things will improve, mainly is because of the experience in the offense and because you have an X factor like De'Aaron King at the quarterback position
0: okay everybody that's my guy NMDTV. tv nmd tv thank you for coming on man and for those of you guys who haven't subscribed to my guy already make sure you guys subscribe to nmd tv nmd tv man let me let the people know what podcast platforms you got what social media platforms you got all that good stuff and where the people can find you at
2: yeah you can find all my stuff is just at nmd tv just type in nmd tv and you will see a couple channels uh pop up, take a look at those. If if it's something that you like, consider subscribing. And then also you can find me on Twitter um at Grant Long with three G's, L O N G G G. And then at N M D T V, also my Instagram. So JT, I want to thank you for having me on. And if you listen to this, I appreciate you guys listening um to me and uh, my opinion.
0: Thank you for coming on, man. Take care.